Hello, and welcome to On Your Left, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she, them pronouns. And I'm Narali Shat, I use she, her pronouns. We are in your uh, podcast feeds every single Wednesday, including this beautiful, lovely inauguration Wednesday. So um, tell your friends about us. Do the things. Follow us on places. All that jazz. Yeah, and if you were spending your time and money uh, hating Donald Trump so much, well, he's not on social media anymore, and we are, so if you want to help us be even more places, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod. I love our Patreon page. It's so pretty. It's got mangoes on it. All it's missing is patrons. Yeah. (laughs) Before we get to... What is mostly happy news now that I think about it? Yeah. Uh, before we get to any of that news, let's talk about our COVID updates, which, as always, remain depressing. So, um, the U.S. is expected to hit four hundred thousand coronavirus-related deaths in the next few days. That is nearly half a million people. I don't know what else to say about that. It's horrifying. I live in a city uh, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and the population is less than 400,000 people. It's there it'd be everybody in my city dying would be comparable. It would be less than how many people we've lost to COVID-19. Um the same is true of Cleveland, Ohio, which has a similar population. Pittsburgh is better than Cleveland though. <laughs> Yeah, the United States has chosen to wipe out entire cities worth of people because of incompetence and evil. Yeah. 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 But there is hope. There is hope. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden has announced a COVID-19 vaccination blitz that promises mobile inoculation sites, National Guard troops, and a federal push to increase production of the shots themselves, uh, all in the hopes of keeping his promise to vaccinate 100,000 Americans in his first 100 days in office. That would be amazing, especially considering um, New York is running out of vaccines, according to the, to the mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio. Um, and also two weeks ago, Governor Andrew Cuomo was like, I'm going to fine anyone who gives vaccines to people who aren't in the first tier. And then people in the first tier are like first responders with very busy jobs and couldn't make it to their appointments. And then vaccines had to be thrown away. So this is good. (laughs) Just choices were made. Choices were made. Also, how terrible of a job is it to be the mayor of New York? I don't get why there are like 30 people running to be mayor of New York. The job sucks and everyone hates everyone who runs. Andrew Yang is running. I, I just cannot. Well, I, I I hated him before that. Yeah. Back to COVID news. I'm really excited and I genuinely hope that President Biden is successful, um, especially in his vaccination push. Because yes, Biden wasn't my first choice in the primary, but the United States needs to vaccinate as many people as possible 
especially considering that federal officials are warning us now that the more contagious variant of coronavirus that was first discovered in the UK is projected to be the dominant source of infection in the United States by March. Yeah, um, from what I've seen, studies have shown that um, the current vaccine um, does protect against this new variation of the virus, which is good, but that means we need to get it to as many people as possible. It's not that this variant is more deadly, but it will kill more people because our hospital systems are already overburdened, and the fact that it's more contagious just means that more people will get infected and more people will get sick, and we are not handling the current levels of people who are sick well, so we cannot let this get worse. We need to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as possible. Yeah. No more messing around. Just vaccinate people. And speaking of messing around, moving on to our one of our main topics today, let's talk about impeachment. Hey, so we're on the second impeachment of the Trump presidency, and we are just a couple days away from getting a new president. Um, but President Trump, after spending all of his lame duck time trying to overturn the election results for months, inciting a mob that uh, attacked Congress, has been impeached for a second time and has... Uh, done something remarkable and unique and has become the only president in U.S. history ever to have been impeached twice. And I hope that'll hold true for future presidents, too. I hope uh, what we learned from having to impeach this guy twice is that maybe we should have convicted him the first time. Yeah, maybe we should have removed him from office the first time. But this has also been very interesting because... With just 10 House Republicans voting in favor of impeachment, this is the most bipartisan presidential impeachment in U.S. history. Yeah, it's almost like fearing for your life makes you rethink your priorities, and all of a sudden you're not as, um, I don't know, docile towards Trump. It's fairly expected that uh, you would support the president who is the same party of you in impeachment trials that's what history has taught us mm -hmm. but this guy sucks so much that even his own party is mad at him because they endangered all of their lives yeah we talked last week all about how this angry mob happened and everything and um even more details have come out since then and it's just become more terrifying and more harrowing to like learn what happened um and yeah he deserved to get impeached over this even though at the time he only had two weeks left in office he deserved to get impeached um and he deserves to and the impeachments deserve to go to the senate um yeah so speaking of which, um, at a news conference, Speaker of the House uh, Nancy Pelosi declined to tell reporters when House Democrats would take the single impeachment article against President Trump into the Senate, calling into question when a trial would begin. 
Um, yeah, I'm very... The issue is Mitch McConnell. Like, when does Mitch McConnell get his gavel taken away? I believe it's as soon as the new Georgia senators are put into office uh, and are sworn in. As soon as the state certifies the results of the January 5th election. They have eight more counties left to certify as of this recording. It'll likely be before the inauguration or shortly afterwards. Okay. So I feel like the second that happens, Nancy Pelosi is going to walk over to the Senate chamber with the articles of impeachment and be like, he's your problem now. And they're also, in the Senate itself, they're also trying to balance and find a way to balance um biden's agenda with the impeachment trial yeah um some lawmakers have suggested maybe doing like half a days where you spend the mornings um trying to um see biden's cabinet members and voting on getting them through and the other half of the day impeaching trump yeah yeah Which, it's, it's a really unique situation because trump's already going to be out of office but he still yeah. needs, but the trial still needs to be there, not for removal of office, but to ensure that he can never run again. Even though they cannot really remove him from office at this point, they just won't have the time to do it in a way that's effective. There still needs to be consequences to his actions, and that's especially considering the fact that he is inciting violence and trying to overthrow democracy. We we don't need that. Yeah, and it sets a precedent precedent for future presidents to make sure that they know that this is an impeachable offense. Yeah, like we can't just let Trump get away with this because it's his last couple weeks in office. And honestly, I agree with uh, Speaker Pelosi for focusing on making sure that everything is secure for the inauguration and making that the focus for the last couple of days before Biden is inaugurated because things have been scary. Yeah, the FBI has warned police chiefs uh, nationwide to be on high alert for extremist behavior before Biden's inauguration, warning about potential attacks on state capitals, federal buildings, and the homes of congressional members and businesses. Um, we already, we remember how there was a kidnapping plot against the governor of Michigan in November. Um, more things are going to happen because... That was only in November? It, it, it was either late October or early November. Ugh, so much has happened. Yeah. Um, what, keep in mind that while the... Everything that happened at the Capitol was the main incident. There were smaller incidents all across America happening. Um, people were at state capitals uh, rioting and um, doing damage and being terrible people. Um, this isn't a problem that's going to go away just because we have a new president, unfortunately. Um I have no idea what the next few days are going to hold. I have no idea what the next... I have no idea what the future looks like after Wednesday. 
No, I have no idea. Because so much could happen. And some of it's fine, and some of it's really scary. And yeah, I think the best thing we could do is prepare. Yeah. Um, you know, continues to stay home if you're able to stay home, not just because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but because there is the possibility the very real possibility that extremists are planning an event in your area and you don't want to get caught up in that yeah um the good thing that i have seen is that many of the um main inciters of violence have been arrested by the fbi they have been taken in for questioning and a lot of the big big conspiracy theorists have been taken in finally um people whose fa- who showed their faces or, you know, live-streamed while they were rioting at the Capitol. Um, they've been arrested. They've been put on no-fly lists. And, like, yeah. It's weird to say, as, like, someone who doesn't believe that prison is the answer to crime. But, at least for now, it is the safest option. And as we're talking about our future security uh washington dc is going to be looking pretty weird when this comes out uh so i guess today Mm -hmm. let's pretend it's wednesday but today uh in washington dc chief robert j conti the third of the metropolitan police department who has a very fancy name um said that he expects more than twenty thousand members of the national guard in the washington region on inauguration day that's a lot of national guards members that's a lot of people it's scary that we need that that many so many people um to defend the capital which is normally a really safe open place but yeah uh, uh, intelligence officials who have been monitoring pro-trump groups have grown increasingly worried that militant far-right organizations have been have plans for violent protests in D.C. with the plan to interfere with the inauguration, which is already a very small inauguration compared to, you know, every other inauguration in my memory. Because of the pandemic, there's not going to be, you know, the traditional parade uh, with so many people swarming the streets. Um, several metro stops in the D.C. area are just going to be shut down for security reasons because of these uh, white supremacist groups and far-right organizations. But I think, although I do not like that this is so extreme, I do understand that what they are attempting to do is guarantee the safe and peaceful transfer of power when that has been threatened. Yeah, this like yeah, this is a very real threat to many, many lives. One of my major concerns is that DC is a very black city. Um, so having more cops essentially, even though yes, they're members of the National Guard, but they're they're still cops. I'm concerned about violence happening on that end, but I know that most of them are there to do their job and just guarantee a safe transfer of power. So yeah, again, stay home if you live in D.C. 
Speaking of a safe and peaceful transfer of power, uh, President-elect Biden has announced several measures that he plans to take at pretty much as soon as he's in office, and I'm very excited for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Biden, it's not Biden, he's the president-elect now. As of the airing of this episode, it's Joe Biden. He's the president now. Oh my god, he's gonna be the president now. Yeah. I mean, unless this somehow gets up before noon, but that's a big maybe. (laughs) (laughs) On the day, he's gonna be president. And I'm really excited for how he plans to start things off, because... Even though the Senate might be tied up with an impeachment trial, and even though the House is going to, you know, have laws and have bills be in committee so that they can pass them into law and really figuring out what they can get done, uh, President-elect Joe Biden is going to begin his first 10 days in office with a blitz of executive orders that, according to his office, is meant to signify a clean break from the Trump era. And I'm really happy with what he plans to do independently because Trump did a lot of stuff independently and all of it was bad. Yeah, everything Trump did was bad. Independently or with other people. Cooperatively, I guess is the word. Sometimes the other people made it less bad, but it was all pretty bad. So the first thing uh, on Joe Biden's uh, Ten first 10 days list is to rescind the travel ban on predominantly Muslim countries. Um, the Muslim ban, um, which was stupid to begin with, it did nothing except make life harder for people. Um, not that anyone should be entering or leaving the country in the first place right now, but... We're definitely not banning people because they're Muslim anymore. Yeah. That's stupid. Um, What I really remember about when the first Muslim ban went into place was not the Muslim ban itself, uh, but that it was a very early action of the Trump administration. And how many people independently chose to go protest at airports uh, without any organization or any calls because they knew that it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I remember lawyers um, going to uh represent people who from muslim countries who were entering the country pro bono just to help them because of everything happening um it was really amazing to see actually thinking back like it was horrifying but it was amazing to see how how much good there is in the world and how how many good people there are trying to help uh, especially considering that the ban started without any warning uh, so people that were already on the plane, there was nothing that they could do about it. Yeah. Um, including several people who were coming as refugees and who had been cleared, who had basically gone through more security clearances than I need to, to travel anywhere uh, in order to be admitted as refugees and to prove that they are not in any way a threat to the United States. Yeah. So speaking of things that were super racist and horrible that Trump did. Um, Joe Biden is going to order agencies to figure out how to reunite children separated from their families after crossing the border. Um, yeah, the, the child separation policy was so, so horrifying. And um, immigration overall, the 
legality of immigration. Everything needs to change about the immigration policy in this country. And it's not going to change as much as I wanted to under Joe Biden, but this is a good start. We need to get those kids back to their parents. We need to get those kids back to their families. It's horrifying that it's still happening. As a country, we have traumatized these kids. Um, some of them babies. We that's we can't undo that. Uh, we can't undo that trauma or the harm that we caused. But at the very least, we can reunite them with their families because they never should have been taken away in the first place. Yeah. Um, and it is my deep hope that we actually are able to reunite every single child with their family. But uh, I'm, I'm very worried that we won't be able to, that the Trump administration took so many steps and so many, so many things, uh, either intentionally to make it more difficult to reunite these children, uh, or out of sheer malice or incompetence because they never plan to give any of these kids back. I hope that this country can do more than just reunite these kids with their families. I hope that, I don't know, our tax dollars pay for their therapy. I hope that we can do something, just anything more, because they deserve everything after what they will have gone through and what they're still going through. There are a lot of ways we could get to making amends for this, and it's going to be difficult, and it's probably going to take a lot of effort, but I'm glad that some of the first things that Joe Biden will be doing is addressing the terrible immigration policies of the Trump presidency. Yeah, at least he won't make the, the immigration policy worse than it, than it was before. Yeah. He won't actively be trying to be racist. Because our bad immigration policies have had really lasting effects on the world as a whole. Um, from the stay in Mexico policies, which hurt refugees and people trying to get into the country to flee from violence. Um, and creating basically border camps with thousands of people that um, Mexico and the United States don't really want to deal with, uh, to really forcing our allies, uh, including Mexico, uh, to step up when it comes to like the Iran nuclear deal. Mm -hmm. Our actions um from islamophobia to racism to xenophobia has is having a long-lasting effect that is rippling out and is affecting the rest of the world and we have a lot to do if we want to make up for that speaking of making up for things um we uh joe biden is going to rejoin the paris climate change accord thank goodness um it was one of the first things Trump did, right? Was leave the Paris Climate Agreement. I mean, he said he was going to do it, and that was the first thing yeah. he did. But yeah. he didn't. He thought he, I, 
I genuinely believe that he thought he could just say that he was going to leave it and then it would be done. But it took a while. It took like several years, yeah. yes. But, um, re so rejoining the Paris Climate Accord is going to, like, it's weird because it's a very symbolic move, but also it, the symbol is, sometimes the symbol is the thing itself, which is signaling to the country that we are finally going to take climate change seriously again. Um, hopefully that means passing the Green New Deal, but Joe Biden already doesn't want that, so we'll see. But it, it's a move in the right direction. Um, and it also signals to the rest of the world that we are back on the world stage and in a serious way. Um, and there is going to be no more of the clownery that Trump brought to it. Yeah, uh, it is really great that we're taking these symbolic steps forward and signaling to ourselves and the country and to the rest of the world that we are ready to take this seriously and we're ready to work with people to get things done. I'm very excited for that. I'm also excited about the steps that Joe Biden will be taking towards the pandemic. Um, I think one of the big things that it's going to do really help people is issue a mask mandate for federal property and interstate travel. And uh, federal property includes the Congress. It would require uh, lawmakers to wear those masks when they're voting or when they're locked in a small room hiding from terrorists on the other side of the door. You know, as recently happened. Yeah, people have already gotten COVID because Republican lawmakers, while in hiding from the terrorists, decided not to wear a mask and protect each other. They decided not to wear masks that were offered to them. It's not like they ran away and weren't currently wearing a mask and just didn't know what to do. And we're facing that, like, mm -hmm. situation where they need to run away for their lives. Yeah. And can't protect other people. They made very clear choices to laugh in people's faces in that room when they were offered masks. After members of the Republican, uh, of the Republican Party of the House that was supposed to be sworn in had died of COVID-19. So anyway, that won't happen anymore because there's going to be a proper mask mandate. Um, hmm. Interstate travel is an interesting one for me uh, because there is a lot of, there are a lot of commuters uh, from New Jersey going into New York City every day. And um, that is technically interstate travel. So that's going to be interesting, but, um, I mean, I doubt it'll be an issue if you're driving through, like, driving through Lincoln Tunnel every day. Yeah, I don't think they're going to stop cars to yeah. get it, but saying you have to wear a mask is something. I think uh, it'll be easier to enforce on federal property, and that's where we're going to see the most action take place. Yeah, and I think... In terms of interstate travel, it's mostly because you are still allowed to get on a plane and um, travel. And while airlines have uh, required masks, um, it's not, you know, a federal mandate to wear masks. So, yeah. 
So that's great. It's about damn time. And I'm and I think a lot of things Joe Biden is going to be doing these first few weeks in office is things that feel like it's a that'll make you say like it's about damn time this happened. Um, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. These things need to happen. And this and this also includes um, extending pandemic related limits on evictions and student loan payments. Um, the stay on evictions expired uh, with the new year and COVID is still a thing. Currently, uh, federal student loans are not accruing any interest um, and they everybody's basically been set to defer until the end of January. So I'd really like him to get on this quickly because I do not have money to pay my student loans. Yeah. Um, and hopefully uh, that will be a start to a larger student loan reform thing. I don't know what that thing will be, but it will be student loan reform, hopefully. Yeah, feel free to cancel my debt, but do something. And these are just like pandemic related limits. So hopefully we will see more, uh, more going into place as God willing, the pandemic calms down. This, yeah, something's got to give. This pandemic has to end eventually. And that's why uh, earlier I mentioned Joe Biden's promise to vaccinate 100 million Americans for the coronavirus in his first 100 days. Because I don't want to keep fighting this fight. There is so much we will not be able to do if this pandemic continues, because we will have to continue focusing on this problem. I really hope the 100 million will happen. That, like, a hundred million Americans in the first hundred days means a million people a day. Um, it's a big benchmark. Like, I, I, I can't do math, but I can do this math. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, we'll likely be, hopefully be at the point where, um, in April, 100 days is up on April 30th. That by then we'll be vaccinating more than 1 million people a day because I imagine it'll take a little while to actually get the plan set in place and implement it. But yeah, we we need this. Yeah. So in addition to these 100 million Americans, uh, Joe Biden has also proposed a $1.9 trillion rescue package to combat the economic downturn and COVID-19 crisis. $1.9 trillion. That's that's big money. That's more money th- that uh, than um, we've seen go towards this pandemic ever. <laughs> I mean, we've only had the one pandemic and it's only been a year, but $1.9 trillion is a lot. And it's money we really need. So I hope that uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate approve of this legislation. Or add more to it. I to make it even better. Yeah, so should we talk about what's in it? Yeah, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about what's actually in this one point nine trillion dollar package. Um to start, the package includes more than four hundred billion dollars to combat the pandemic directly. Uh that means Liam, including 
That includes money to accelerate vaccine deployment and to safely reopen most schools within 100 days. Um, that would be really great, especially given the uh, way that COVID-19 has specifically impacted women in the workforce. Working women have really been hit hard by this pandemic, partially because a lot of the industries that women run cannot be done in a pandemic, uh, as women dominate the retail, hospitality, um, restaurant businesses and industry sectors, but also be because several women have had to cut back their hours um, or have decided to leave their careers behind entirely because there just isn't another childcare option uh, because they are taking care of their kids and maybe their husband makes more or maybe they're a single parent and there just isn't another option. Schools reopening means that we can see adults go back to work yep. uh, and recover from the economic crisis that we are in because of the pandemic. Yeah, it, yeah this pandemic has disproportionately affected women because of yeah, just gender roles and society screwing over women over and over again. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say other than that. I think in order for... We also have to remember that there are teachers who have been teaching through this pandemic, have been teaching in person through this pandemic, and they deserve better than what they've gotten. Um, and they deserve to have... They deserve to be safe in their workplace. Everyone who is currently working in person right now deserves to be safe in their workplace. And the only way to do that is vaccine deployment and mask mandates and making sure that as that this 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 disease stops, this virus stops. It's going to be difficult, um, but... It needs to be done. And one thing that'll help a lot with making these places safe is the additional $350 billion specifically to help state and local governments bridge budget shortfalls. Uh, a lot of my city's revenue comes from a sales tax, which they use to like fix roads and bridges and pay firefighters and I guess the police, too. I They have take up too much of the budget, but that's a different problem. <laughs> we, we need this money if we're going to, you know, buy disinfectant for our schools or, I don't know, fix, once again, the roads. I have a problem with them. If we're going to clear snow away, we need this money. Yeah. And like that's not even to mention that the students who rely on free lunches and rely on access to schools for, you know, things that they need in addition to an education. Schools really provide so much of the social safety net for children because the rest of the government has failed to provide a social safety net for all of us. Yeah. This is all very like for the big picture stuff, but smaller picture for people like us, everyday Americans. Um, the plan includes four, $1,400 in direct payments to individuals, um, 
more generous unemployment benefits, which is great and necessary, um, federally mandated paid leave for workers, and large subsidies for childcare costs, which is huge. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little salty about the 1400 um, because uh, many progressive members of the Democratic Party have been outspoken about the fact that Americans need $2,000 every month. Um, and this $1,400 just makes up the difference for one $600 payment that we got last month. You might remember that, that the bill for $2,000 direct payments to Americans was originally introduced by Senators Markey of Massachusetts and oh, Senator Harris of California, who's <gasps> going to be the VP today. Yeah. So, you know, work your magic. Yeah. Get me more money. Yeah, Senator Harris is also going to be the tie-breaking vote in every single vote in the Senate, should Republicans always vote with their party and should Democrats always vote with their party. She's the tie-breaking vote. And we will say there, I don't expect there to be a lot of ties. Um, I think a lot of power is not going to be held by Kamala Harris. I think it's going to be held by Joe Manchin of West Virginia, a Democrat, um, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, a Republican, who are very, very middle-of-the-road people. They have a lot in common. Yeah, they're the center of the center, and they could go either way on literally anything. I think a lot of bills will be specifically written to appeal to them uh, in order to get that bipartisan support. Uh, And so Kamala Harris doesn't have to do this. I think especially that is especially true of any Republican bills because Kamala Harris is actually progressive and Mm -hmm. they don't want her to have to step in too often. Progressive in terms of the people currently in government. (laughs) Yes. Not, Not actually progressive. She's not. She, she's not. She's not the worst. She's not the best. She is relatively progressive yeah. for America. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean by like she's progressive for the American government. Not yeah. She like I'm not gonna say she's like the she's the worst person in the world because she has some opinions I deeply disagree with. But she's just she's just not as on the left as we are. Which is fine. Yeah. If I were running for office, I would probably be a little bit more right, honestly, to appeal to people. Yeah. Uh, But I'm not running for federal office anytime soon, so here we are. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, this is all great. We do still deserve more. Um... So how can we act, Katrina? How can we act on all of these things we just talked about? Okay, so we have we have a lot of things that we can act on. Uh, first up, call your senators specifically and ask them to vote to convict Donald Trump and hold him accountable for his vocal support of the Capitol attackers and el- eliciting a deadly insurrection. Uh, these guys threatened your lives? I, I don't know why the senators wouldn't want to convict Donald Trump, but there's a good chance one of mine won't. So let's just voice our support for holding Donald Trump accountable. 
Yeah. Um, one senator has already written a letter asking for the impeachment to be dismissed by the Senate. So, um, yeah, please call your senators. So uh, another thing you can also do is call your legislators, providing they weren't, you know, participating in the recent coup, which some of them were. Um, you can ask that they hold their colleagues accountable. Um, lawmakers who participated in the dishonest attempt to overturn the election should face consequences should face consequences, starting with censure and removal from committee assignments up to and including removal from Congress, because some of them incited this. That member of Congress that said Hitler was right, get her out of there. Please. Uh, Senator Cruz and Senator Hawley, who really seemed to uh, help incite this and back Trump during this crisis, stop it. Do not let them get away with this. Especially Ted Cruz. Literally no one likes Ted Cruz. Come on, guys. If if you get him out of there, you don't have to work with him anymore. Yeah. Nobody likes him. I don't understand how he's still in office. Like, I wish... It, like, this is what I wish it was kind of like Survivor, where you can vote people off the island. Just vote him off the island. My god. I mean, I guess we kind of get to do that, but yeah. it takes two to six years, depending on who we're talking about. Yeah. No, but, like, other members of Congress should be able to vote Ted Cruz off the island. At the very least, they gotta remove him from committee assignments. This is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> so, another uh, thing you can do uh, while you're uh, on the phone with your senators and um, legislators is ask them to support... Joe Biden's uh, $1.9 trillion stimulus plan that will give us $1,400 and a bunch of other things um, and reopen schools hopefully within 100 days, vaccinate people in 100 days. It'll ask them to support this stimulus plan. And maybe uh, if you uh, have a more progressive legislator, ask them to, you know, try to try to shift things a little more left. Give us, you know, a little more money give us more money uh, in our pockets, uh, expand unemployment benefits even more, focus on childcare subsidies um, to keep these businesses afloat since millions of childcare slots could just be lost. Give, give money to small businesses instead of large businesses with ties to lobbyists. That whole thing is another whole thing that's just gone horribly wrong. But I, Next week, next yeah. week. Give money to small businesses who, you know, deserve support. And finally, how you can act is to stay home. Yeah. Oh my god, stay home. It is so dangerous out there. There's the new COVID. There's a new, new COVID. That's scary. There's white supremacists running around, rioting. You don't want to get caught up in that. Just stay home. Please stay home. Like, don't... Uh, gosh. Um... Stay home if you can. Please wear a mask. Please, please use hand sanitizer. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Sing the happy birthday song. Do all of the things that we all know to do. Uh, get tested. Get, get your COVID tests. If you've seen other people. If you've been exposed. If you've been in a large group. Get tested. Do all of the things. 
please, please, I am begging. And to end this all on a positive note, uh, we do actually have some good news this inauguration day. Yeah. Um, one piece of good news completely unrelated to the inauguration is that the National Rifle Association of America has filed for bankruptcy. Huzzah. This might be the end of the NRA as we know it. It's definitely the end as we know it. Uh, they will likely be trying to reincorporate themselves as a non-profit. The NRA, more than anything, is a lobbying group. And they don't deserve to exist. I don't think. All they want to do is get more guns and more violent guns into the hands of more people. This country has a weird relationship with guns, and the NRA has definitely made it worse. Um, I don't think filing for bankruptcy will in any way stop the New York Attorney General from continuing their investigation or their lawsuit of them. This is great. I hope justice happens to the NRA. Um, and for our last piece of good news, before we go on to our mango fact, um, this is the best news. And you already know this news. We've been talking about it all episode. But let's just take a moment to celebrate the fact that we are done with President Donald Trump. It's done. His presidency is over. Just let that relief wash over you. It's so nice. I know. It's done. And it is my greatest hope, not just for myself, but for Donald Trump's own good, that he never re-enter public life. Yeah. If he wants to, like, spend the rest of his days chilling in Florida, great. If I don't have to hear about him, that's good for me. If he doesn't create another international incident, good for him! Like, we are gonna spend a long time fixing the problems he created. And fixing the problems his supporters have created. But we're done with him. Feels good. Feels good. Feels so good. Uh, so what is our mango fact this week, Norelli? Okay, so our mango fact is, um, actually a bit of poetry. Um, so, uh, as you all know, mango is a very important fruit in South Asia. And, um, Kalidas, who lived in either the first century BC or during the reign of, during the reign of Vikramaditya, or in the 4th or 5th centuries AD during the reign of the Gupta Empire. Um, he was peerless in his canonization of the mango flower, according to the wire.in. Um, and in one of his, uh, poetry books, I guess you can call it. That's the modern word for it. Um, called The Gathering of the Seasons, a poem in six cantos. Canto six begins with this verse, translated into English by Chandra Rajan. Sprays of full-blown mango blossoms, his sharp arrows, honeybees in rows, the humming bowstring, warrior spring set to break the hearts of love's devotees, is approaching now, my love. 
which is a really lovely way to say spring is coming. I I quite like it. I can feel like the wind on my face and the smell of mango blossoms, the bees buzzing lightly as I as they swing around and it's just it's it's nice. I'm having a good time. Yeah. And you know, spring is also like known as like, you know, it's all about rejuvenation, growth, and it like even though we're still in the middle of winter, spring feels like it's in the air with with this whole new presidency and everything. Um, and it is my hope that we can use these next few months before actual spring starts to grow into a better country. Uh, but until we start that work, uh, because yes, let's totally take the rest of the day to celebrate, uh, you can find me online. You can find me at Katrina Ames on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. Where can we find you, Nerali? Uh You can find me at Firewood Sparkler on uh, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. I don't know where else, but um, social media of various kinds. Um, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod, and you can check out our bookshop.org, which is bookshop.org slash shop slash onyourleftpod. Um, if you want to do some reading, if your brain suddenly feels like uh, there's a weight lifted off of it and you can actually read finally again, um, check out our bookshop.org page too. Uh, this has been the On Your Left pod all about the impeachment and the inauguration. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.